We're Cynthia Vargavisser and Michelle Walters, co-hosts of Mind Power Meets Mystic. Our weekly show is here to expand your mind to what's possible, to uplift your spirits, to move forward with confidence and joy, and to create a space for your collaboration with the invisible. Welcome to Mind Power Meets Mystic. Hello, you are listening to our episode today of Mind Power Meets Mystic. I am Michelle Walters, joined here with my podcast pal, Cynthia Varkavisser. And today, because Halloween is coming, we are all about ghosts. We are very excited to be speaking to Paul Roberts, who is a ghost hunter. And I want to tell you a little bit more about him. Roberts, in 2004, became a paranormal investigator He has over 2,500 investigations under his belt and over a thousand paranormal articles he has written. Roberts is also a 14 investigator in which he investigates all things paranormal from Mothman, Chupacabra, UFOs, crop circles, ghosts, poltergeists, demons, and more. Robert has many books published, but his most significant books are Ghosts, UFOs, Monsters, and High Strangeness. HPI Chronicles Volume 2, Ghost Stories and UFOs and HPI. Welcome, Paul, to our show. Well, thank you, Michelle. I'm, I'm glad to be here. And uh, yeah, I got some interesting stories for you. Excellent. Well, Paul, one of the questions we like to ask our guests is, how did you become a ghost hunter? It It isn't a career that my career people ever suggested to me in high school. Well, believe me, I never knew I was going to become a ghost hunter, a ghost hunter or a paranormal investigator. But what happened was I lived in a haunted house. And as a child, the entities were actually centered on me. They were attacking me. Um, I, I, the entities actually pushed me into a heater. Um, there was one time, and I'm just a small boy, and I'm looking out my bedroom window and I hear a, my mother calling me into the orange grove saying, Dale, that's my middle name, Dale, come here, Dale, come here. But my mother was in the kitchen. What would have happened if I went into that orange grove? Would I have just vanished and disappeared? Would they have taken me into a different realm? It was just one crazy thing after another. So... When I got a little bit older, I started thinking about that house on Effie Street in Fresno. And I said to myself, I said, was that childhood nightmares or did I really experience something paranormal? So I started reading books uh, by Brad Steiger. I even got into Chariot of the Gods with Eric Von Donneken. I got into the whole Shamu. And uh, later on in my life, being a journalist, my articles actually wind up in Brad Steiger's books. So that was a big turnaround. And I got into military intelligence. And the reason why I joined military intelligence is because I was very curious about UFOs. And I said, if anybody knows anything about UFOs, it would be military intelligence. So in the army, I joined military intelligence. I was with the Photo Interpretation Center in Korea, Seoul, Korea. And on one particular day, six photographs came in 
And these were six photographs of various UFOs taken by our reconnaissance satellites. And on the back of the photograph, it said intelligent movement. And these photographs were part of a bigger picture. They were part of a video. So I knew at that point in time, even though that Project Blue Book closed down in 1969, the military was still looking into UFOs. And with military intelligence, and I also too was a military policeman before that and worked with CID Criminal Investigation Division and drug suppression team and traveling throughout Germany buying drugs and testifying at Article 32s and court marshals. That's where my investigative skills came in. And when one day this lady says, Paul, you know, why don't you write a story about our ghost hunt? So I did. And that story wind up in two British magazines. And the owner of HPI, which is now Halo Paranormal Investigations, which I now own, she says, you're our ghostwriter. And she invited me to all these different places where I wrote stories about their investigations. And then from there, I became a paranormal investigator. And now I own HPI, Halo Paranormal Investigations. And that's how I became a paranormal investigator. That is a fantastic story. So one of the things that we were curious about was to understand more about HPI. What is the size? What is the makeup of your team? When you go to do an investigation, like who's there, what's there, kind of what what is that process like? And I'm sure you could talk about this forever, but we have more questions. So uh, yeah, yeah. Um, well, right, right now on October 14th, Saturday, we have a all night UFO ghost hunt. And um, and during the solar eclipse, which is October 14th, UFOs are, are usually seen in the sky. So that we're doing that. And then where we're camping out at is at Banning Creek. And Banning Creek is very, very haunted. Over 30 people will be there. As our team, it's only me and Wishfire, which is my psychic. And, um, and what we do is we bring other people in, they learn how to ghost hunt, and usually they'll start their own team, or they'll actually do their own investigations. So I don't have a really solid team, I do have people that keep on coming back over and over and over again, and you would think they were permanently part of our team, but actually it's just the two of us, and we just invite the public to join us. And that's what we do. I think it's fascinating. Uh, when I was part of a, a ghost investigation, and like I said, it was more for entertainment purposes as a, as a learning for general public. Um, it, it was a lot of um, just waiting and listening and then really listening intently. Uh, I was telling Michelle, um, they said, you don't want to eat you know, make sure you eat, but you don't want to eat too soon before the investigation because your stomach gurgling may be part of the recordings and then we have to mark. So uh, are you part, do you, do you record video, just the two of you, or you have these people come in and they do video and is it more active? 
So the ones that I've been were a little bit more um, uh, stationary where you sat and you checked out, you know, one room while another person checked out another room, another team. Right. Um, when we do an investigation, I, I try to determine how many people are going to show up, like maybe eight people will show up. There's been times where 16 people will show up, you know, it depends on how large the place is. And it seems like everybody's really into paranormal investigating. So they already have their own equipment. They got the EMFs and they, uh, they have their little screen. They can see the little stick figures, movement, movement, and all that other stuff. Plus I have my own equipment. <clears throat> but we have uh, um, um, a lot of pe people in ghost hunting, they kind of dismiss orbs. And the reason why they dismiss orbs, because it could be almost anything. It could be lit. It could be uh, uh, light refractions, uh, dew drops, dust, skin flakes, you name it. But we had this one interesting case, and it was Emily the ghost. And Emily the ghost would actually drain the energy from the occupants, making them very tired, fatigued, and everything else. And one of my investigators <clears throat> looked at me and says, Paul, I need to sit down. He goes, I feel really drained. I said, I bet you anything, Emily is draining the energy from you. I said, Emily, if you're listening to me, I said, if you like him, kiss him on the mouth. And three of us are snapping pictures. And sure enough, we get an orb on his mouth. That, oh, that's showed crazy. Me, that showed me intelligent movement. She's listening to me. I said, Emily, if you're listening, now I want you to sit on his lap. With one camera, we take a picture, and sure enough, there's an orb hovering over his lap. That showed me right there, intelligent movement. And that's what we go for. And now I go to an investigation. I'll put my hand against the wall. I said, if you're listening to me, appear by my hand and I'll get an orb at my hand if the place is haunted. Otherwise, I'll get nothing. And uh, one another thing with the orb thing, we did an investigation in Del Paso Heights. And we're snapping pictures and everything. <clears throat> and I get this picture from the backyard. And it's a picture of two orbs. And as I enhanced it, I realized these are designer orbs. They have the intricate designs inside of it, very unique, just like a, a snowflake. And as you enhance it, you saw faces of dogs, two dogs. So I went back to the occupant and I said, what is it you got in your backyard? And she goes, oh, I got apple trees. I said, no, not the apple trees. You got anything else in your backyard? And she goes, well, yeah, my two dogs are buried back there. I go, okay. I said, why don't you take a look at these pictures? And she's looking at the pictures of the two orbs that are now enhanced. And she starts crying. I said, why are you crying? And she goes, because those are the faces of my dogs that are buried back there. And something like that, I could deem as paranormal 
because she is saying those are the faces of her dogs. So was, that's what we go for. Wow. I had no idea we're going to get to talk about ghost dogs. Yeah. <laughs> that, that was not on my range of things I could imagine. <laughs> I love it so much. Um, uh, when you're doing your investigations, do you care if it's a, whether they are animal or human? Does it matter to you? Oh, it doesn't matter. In fact, I like it even more when there's animals involved. And we've had a lot of cases where uh, we did an investigation in Citrus Heights, and it was a ghost German shepherd. So that was really interesting. We actually didn't get the evidence that I was really seeking, but we did get a picture of an orb going through the kitchen window. And the occupant said that they that they would see the German Shepherd, their their dog, jumping through that window. So that, that was kind of unique. So Wow, Paul. Well, I want to remind all of our listeners that they are listening to Mind Power Meets Mystic with me, the Mind Power, Michelle Walters, and my podcast pal, Cynthia Varkavisser, our podcast mystic. Today, we are talking to Paul Dale Roberts. He is a ghost hunter based in Sacramento, California. So I'm wondering, Paul, like I'm kind of new to all of this. How would you define a ghost? What what is a ghost in your in your definition? Our bodies always contain this energy field. And this energy field is like uh it collects everything that you've seen, you've experienced, everything you've touched, everything you thought about, everything you talked about. It contains all that knowledge and energy is forever. You can't destroy it. You can change it around, but you can't destroy it. And this energy is always upon you and on all living things. Scientists have taken pictures of a leaf, and there's an energy field around the leaf. This energy, when you're deceased, leaves your body. And scientists have taken pictures, Russian scientists have taken pictures of people on the instance of death that this, this energy leaves your, leaves your forehead. And one of the things I believe that in reincarnation is when a baby is born upon the world and they have their little psychic antennas going on, they absorb this energy sometimes, sometimes, not all the time. They absorb this energy and all of a sudden they know the events of John Smith, a blacksmith in 1870. And the reason why is they downloaded the information of this soul, this aura of a deceased person. And they believe that they're John Smith. When reality is they actually downloaded the information and that's what reincarnation is. Interesting. I have to, I know I have to wrap my head around that one for yeah, a moment. That's going to well, take a minute. Yeah, that's, that I, I might be a like twice a, whole moment. Yeah, that's a whole check conversation it. in itself. Now check this out. Living ghosts. Okay. We're, living ghosts. Okay. 
There was a situation in 1974 in Chicago, Illinois. This couple, they moved into a house. And around about two o'clock, three o'clock in the morning, they would see a man and he would manifest and walk over towards their couch. And on the couch would manifest a woman. And he approached the woman and he slapped her. And then he vanishes and she vanishes. Well, this happened about three or four times. And they went to a block party and the host having the block party says, yeah, we do this every year, blah, blah. I host it. Here's some pictures in this photo album of our past events. So the lady's looking through it and she goes, oh my God. She goes, this picture right here of this man and woman. Those are the ghosts that we see in my house. And then the host looks at me and goes, what are you talking about ghosts? He says, yeah, those two people lived in your house and they had domestic disputes. The police were there all the time. They got a divorce. The man moved five blocks down the road and the woman lives out of state and they're both alive. How can they be ghosts? Well, the energy was yeah. so negative, it's imprinted into the atmosphere. And that's what a living ghost is. And some of our cases has to deal with living ghosts. And it doesn't have to be just negative energy. It could actually be positive energy. Now, this is interesting to me because I do house clearings and house blessings. And I've run across this because people can swear that they are ghosts. And I say, energetically, it doesn't feel the same. So I'm with you on this. And I also understand, you know, it's, it's in my work that we can shift up the energy so that memory doesn't need to be there anymore. However, I have a question for you about the actual ghosts. There are people who they go in, they do their house clearings and they, if they encounter a ghost, um, whether in orb form or not, that they will um, disperse and they will, what we call portaling, They're, they'll portal it. I'm of the um, philosophy that if the ghost is not doing any harm, if they're living in harmony with the people or more importantly with the house, meaning that the people who will live there um, will live in harmony unless they request to to move on. I don't see any. I don't see any harm in it. Um, what is your philosophy and what's your what's your experience about this? I call those Casper hauntings. It's like <laughs> okay. Casper the friendly ghost. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people are really all they want is verification. That's all, and they don't want a house cleansing or anything like that. And they're just saying, Paul, yeah, bring your team in here and let me know if. You know, if I'm crazy or am I really witnessing something paranormal? And then I'll say, do you want a cleansing? I usually do a Roman Catholic house blessing. And they say, no, we're actually happy with it. And I believe it's my grandmother. And we try to determine if it's the grandmother or whatever. So, and I do what I call it, an EVP sweep electronic voice phenomenon and i'll go through the house and usually in 30 minutes and within a half hour i'll get something an evp 
And I do something, I call it the quick and dirty EVP, is I'll say, is there anyone here? I give it time to talk, and I play it back. Is there anyone here? And sometimes I'll get a response. And this one time, this one cemetery was supposed to be very, very haunted. And this is something that happened to me. Um, no witnesses, you know, so it's just my word. But I know as I sat in the car, I rolled up the windows. You couldn't hear any noise. And I'm sitting in the cemetery. And I do my quick and dirty. I say, is there anybody here? I give it time to talk. And I play it back. And it says, I'm right here. <laughs> I go, holy cow. It must be like sitting behind me in the car. <laughs> and uh, as, as I left the cemetery, I go, is there anybody here? Nothing. Is there anybody here? Nothing. So it was just centered in that cemetery. And that just kind of blew me away. And I said, okay, this is it. This that's the kind of evidence I want. That's beautiful. Yeah. Now, in my experience with house clearings and talking with people from, from this, there are people who um, believe that there are, oh, well, this is actually my belief, that there are ghosts, like the one that you talked about, that were centered around you as you're growing up at your house in Fresno, right? Mm -hmm. And then there are traveling ghosts, like that they have a region or an area. And this I've not personally experienced, but I've heard about is that some ghosts will attach to you and go with you. I was wondering if you've had any kind of experience with that. Um, and if so, um, how did you detach? How did you break up with your ghost? Okay. People always, they tell me, they said, Paul, I was, I'm scared to do this because I'm, I don't want to bring a ghost home. Okay. Well, it doesn't really work that way from what I've seen. It seems like ghosts are very attached to, let's say, that house because they lived in that house. They don't really care to go to your house because they're not familiar with it. They are happy where they're at, with their haunting. And it seems to me that ghosts are sort of like, okay, if you don't want to go into the light, these ghost police angels or whatever says okay well you're confined to this house and there's like a, 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 a an energy field where they can't leave that area they have to haunt that one particular spot till they go into the light because when they go into the light it seems like that's it I, there's no more haunting from what i've seen and th these entities okay there's uh now if you take let's say you take uh, the grandmother's diary from the house and you place that diary in your own house now the ghost is able to go from point a to point b because you have the grandmother's diary and it seems like ghosts like uh caligia in rome he was seen on all these different places in Italy. And the reason why is because a little part of him, his energy 
of something that he possessed was in that location. And when they moved those objects and put them in one place and took his body and placed it with those objects, his ghost wasn't seen all over Italy. And it happened too with Hitler. Hitler's ghost was seen all different places. And it seems like where these places were, were things that he possessed, that his energy field was around that object. So if they don't, if you don't take anything from that haunted house, you shouldn't have a ghost following you. Now, a demon uh, can move around. Uh, they say a demon in the blink of an eye can go from San Francisco to Hong Kong. So a demon is a whole different thing, but a ghost, it seems like it's combined, confined unless you take an object that once belonged to that ghost. Gotcha. That makes sense. Well, I have so many other questions, but I also love your stories. And Michelle, Michelle is digging the stories too. I would love to hear your favorite experience. Um, you know, I, I've, I've done, I've investigated Skinwalker Ranch, Area 51, Natalie Holloway in Aruba, where we, I had people that actually took me to the beach location where they felt like she was killed. And we actually got an EVP of a woman saying, help me. And that just blew everybody's mind. It's like, wow. They even knew that uh, uh, Joran's father took the body, Natalie Holloway, out into the ocean and dumped her. So that was, that was mind-blowing. Um, there's just so many cases that I've had. Uh, uh, Citrus Heights uh, was one of my best cases where I had 15 scouts and that's paranormal investigators in training. And we brought them into this house and we did a, like a little, uh, oh, well, let me start it off. I had five in one room, five in another room, five in another room. Well, five in this room were practically falling asleep because nothing was happening. Five in this room, they're ready to fall asleep too because nothing's happening. The other five in this room over here, all kinds of things were happening. Um, there was a little girl, she was whimpering and crying, and you can tell that was coming from the corner of this bed, and I looked at the investigators, I said, that the crying, the whimpering and stuff is happening right here on the corner of this bed, I can't see her, there's a little girl ghost sitting on the corner of this bed, and I put my head down, and I go, hello, and she goes, hello right back to me i go holy cow this this is an active room so i got all 15 people into that room we had a seance and all of a sudden the walls sound like they were crackling it was sound like something out of hellraiser where the cinnabites are coming through the walls it was crackling there was pounding on the walls and all 15 people are running out the door because these are paranormal, you know, investigators in training. They're running out the door, scared to death. I said, we got to get back in here. I said, this is a breakthrough. So we got back in there. <clears throat> and we had three walkie-talkies on the floor, all on the same channel. And 
as we were doing this seance, a voice came out. It was Mill's voice, and it says, get out. And now they're running out the door again. And so the occupant is looking at me, and she goes, Paul, she goes, I have to live here. She goes, maybe we need to stop this. I said, okay, we'll stop. She goes, you know what? You're welcome to go ahead and spend the night in that room. I go, really? I was all excited. I said, yeah, okay. So I sent everybody home. I spent the night in that room. I fell asleep. And as the video was recording, you can hear a woman's voice go, Paul, Paul, Paul. And then a man mumbling and a child at the foot of the bed moaning and a little tapping on the headboard. And I slept through the whole thing. And that was one of my best cases. That's a fascinating story, Paul. So we're almost at time and we wanted to ask you, what would you like to share with our listeners? How can they get a hold of you? How can they find out about these events you have coming up? What's the best way to get in touch with you? Okay. If you're in the greater Sacramento area and you need an investigation and we do demonic investigations and everything else, um, you can actually call the Paranormal Hotline, which is 916-203-7503. 916-203-7503. And also, too, if you are interested in reading any of my books, all you have to do is just Google or Bing Paul Dale Roberts Books. And you'll see all my books. And I have something like 73 books out there. So, and I, I'm a journalist for Costa Rica Times, a journalist for Phenomena Magazine out of England, um, uh, a Paranormal Underground Magazine, and Outer Limits Magazine. So you'll find my stories in there. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for being on Mind Power Meets Mystic today. We really appreciate you and all of your work and your time. Thank you, Paul. Thank you, Michelle, Cynthia. It was great to be here. You've been listening to Mind Power Meets Mystic.